0: Welcome to Renegade Performance Radio. Today I'm here with Tegan Mitai. We're in the middle of a mock semi final weekend uh, where we're testing out all the workouts before Torian. And so I've grabbed Tegan in here after we've already done a couple of events. So she's a bit sweaty, not too smelly. And uh, we're just going to, I just wanted to have a chat to her because um, Tegan's a longtime friend of the gym uh, of Renegade. She competed with our team in 2000. And, 18 where they went to the CrossFit Games. She was part of the highest finishing team that we've ever sent to the CrossFit Games and um, she's made a bit of a transition. Uh, She is now a mother and we just wanted to hear a little bit about her journey and uh, what's changed for her as an athlete and see if she can pass on some knowledge to a lot of the new mums out there that are maybe not in exactly the same position but are wanting to improve their health and fitness and performance but are also juggling being a mother so welcome tegan thanks for joining me thank you for having me welcome to renegade performance radio where we help everyday people like yourself to become fitter stronger faster well-rounded and fulfilled athletes through the lessons failures and success we have achieved over the past 10 years on our journey as crossfit games athletes and now coaches And so, Tegan, first of all, let's just talk about that journey. So you finished up the CrossFit Games in 2018. And then where was your head at? Was it, I've retired from CrossFit now, it's time for me to be a mum? Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: I think initially um, it was such an intense lead up. Like there was definitely a period afterwards where it was like, okay, I need a break. Um, We wanted to do some travel and then um, without thinking too much about it, or before we got a chance to think too much about it, COVID hit so there was straight away some downtime there. Um, we mm. got engaged and then we were obviously leading into the wedding and um, training was kind of on and off because um, we had started a gym and then there was periods of lockdown and so that decision was kind of made for us. There was no regionals, um, there wasn't really mm. anything to aim towards so to speak. Um, yeah and then we got married and fell pregnant pretty much straight away. <laughs>
0: perfect timing, the perfect story. And so during that process um, of coming from a position where you were training every day, multiple hours a day in the lead up to the games, how did your training change when you found out about your pregnancy and throughout the, the pregnancy, throughout the nine months?
1: So for me, um, I live a pretty busy lifestyle, like we've got a lot going on, so I was quite happy to take a step back. I didn't feel the need to hold on to my pre-pregnancy fitness or try and, um, you know, maintain strength or fitness, et cetera. I was really happy just to kind of move throughout my pregnancy. But at the same time, um, I actually had no idea how you were supposed to train when you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was safe. I didn't know what was suitable for the baby or for my body. Um, and because I wanted to know more about that and keep myself safe, I decided to do a certification, and, um, and that's when things kind of evolved Um and I learn a lot more about the nuances of training when pregnant and postpartum and what is safe for you. Um, again, I was happy just to move during my pregnancy, but I know that a lot of other athletes that have been in my position that uh, you know have competed at a high level, they have this thing called athlete brain. And a good workout is seen only um, to be when you're exerting yourself to 100%. Um, and it's really hard to scale from there and figure out what I can still do to keep my body and baby safe, mm. but achieve that good workout as well. So um, I guess we have to redefine what a good workout is um, and kind of switch the athlete brain off a little bit or tend to it in other ways so mm. that you can still feel like you're achieving a good workout.
0: And so how do you turn that athlete brain off or what would you be your advice for someone who's maybe pregnant now and sees all these mums that they are training hard on, um, Instagram and they're putting all that footage up there and then they maybe feel like guilt because they can't do that or they don't feel up to doing that how do you how do they manage that
1: yeah so I think obviously social media comes with its pros and cons right like we learn so much off social media in a good way and by the same token we're subconsciously we just compare ourselves to what everybody else is doing um or not subconsciously but um I think that in order to rein in that athlete brain you have to firstly sit back and think, This is such a short phase of my life. Like it's literally nine months where I have to scale my training accordingly. Um and you're growing you're growing a human. You're literally your body is going undergoing the most inverted commas traumatic event that um hmm. you know it, it's a lot of pressure ex- on the body. Exactly. And it's um such a big demand on the body. I think you really have to take a step back and try and gain some perspective. And if you can't, then that's when you need to reach out and find somebody that either has done it before or um, specialises in this area and get them to help guide you or keep you accountable.
0: And so you said that you didn't know of anyone that had this sort of expertise and that you did a little bit of um, uh, qualification or some um, learning on that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you did during that process?
1: Yeah, so I learnt... um, Lots about the anatomy and what was actually happening during pregnancy, which was very helpful. And there's obviously such, well, I don't know if it is obvious, to be honest. To me, it wasn't. There's such huge demands on your core and your pelvic floor. I mean, core is kind of obvious. You see this big bump growing mm. up the front. Um, but I think what is often not thought about is the demand on your pelvic floor. And specifically when we talk about CrossFit training, you know, it's high intensity. We do a yes. lot of dynamic stuff. Um and just the impact of that on the jumping your the skipping exactly the running mm. um you know those are the kind of things that we can scale back and not necessarily just scale back but find alternatives for that help preserve your core and pelvic floor for this short period of your life
0: sure awesome and so you got through um the pregnancy um healthy baby and then you you've now decided five years down the track <laughs> since your 2018 almost yeah five years since your last elite level international competition that you want to get back out on the competition floor and challenge yourself at one point remember you saying one last hit out or something along those <laughs> lines um, and so when did that kind of mental shift come that you said yeah I'm, I'm ready to kind of do this again how long after the pregnancy would that have been?
1: I think those first six months like i I really didn't put any pressure on myself. I didn't know if I'd come back to competitive fitness. Um, I was quite happy just seeing how it all unfolded, um how my body responded initially, I definitely did not think I was coming back I was uh, when I say coming back, I mean to competitive fitness, yeah um, <clears throat> yeah, the body had just changed so much, I felt soft, I didn't feel like I had mm-hmm. any muscle left um. And my fitness definitely wasn't there. So I kind of just jumped back into classes and that got the wheels in motion. Um, and as you know brick by brick we started compounding things. Um, yeah, there just over time was a shift that
0: mm. um, talk about the getting back into classes. So in across the gym, the program's written up, and obviously people scale things um, as needed. Uh, what are some of the like kind of common misconceptions about getting back into training after being pregnant that someone, an athlete or a trainer, a coach, would think or be concerned about uh, that maybe they don't need to be or things that they should know about?
1: I think and there's a couple of things for me. One is um, typically a woman gets a tick or sign of approval after six weeks that they can go back to mm-hmm. exercise. I think, one, that doesn't necessarily mean that your body is ready for exercise, mm. um, and two, mentally you might not be there either. Yeah. Um, at the same time, some people might be completely fine and good to start exercising again. Um, and the second one would be, you know, CrossFit is infinitely scalable. Mm. Um, you, Your body is, it's not fragile, but it's yeah. not invincible either, so you need to take the appropriate steps when coming back. Um, and the goal is not to get your pre-pregnancy fitness or... Sure strength back it's more owning who you are now as an athlete and a mother and seeing how that evolves um and obviously it's progressive right like you need to start back at um honing in on that stability and building that foundational strength and fitness before you start overloading your body again
0: yeah and so it's a bit of an identity shift right like you're shifting from being an athlete to now i'm a mother who also competes in crossfit yeah Um,
1: and you've got you now cater for two right there's you and there's there's the baby and a lot of women are breastfeeding, um, there's obviously still demands on your body, your body's still healing, yeah there's a lot going on.
0: And so talking about breastfeeding, does the nutrition change as a mother when you are breastfeeding and also trying to exercise at a high intensity and you're trying to replenish your own energy stores and recover from your own training and breastfeed at the same time? Did you have to make many shifts in that department?
1: I think the main thing for me to get my head around is obviously you've got this different body after you give birth Um, and I would be lying if I said I didn't want my pre-pregnancy body Mm. back Um, but I think knowing that post-pregnancy and whilst you're breastfeeding especially, like that is not the time for a calorie deficit, Mm. you need to be fueling your body with enough um, food, calories and especially um, water, electrolytes Mm. to make sure that you can one, breastfeed and two you're still giving your body that opportunity to replenish itself um, and heal
0: Mm. whilst also um, if you're exercising additional energy stores for that and so like a big thing like you mentioned like not being in a calorie deficit so that calorie deficit is going to come from you wanting to regain that pregnancy pre-pregnancy body which you probably see a lot on kind of Instagram being pushed as also like a marketing technique from maybe some gyms or traditional gyms or whatever boot camps that type of stuff and so with that what would you how would someone break that mentality because it's such an inherent like natural thing for people to want what they once had or what they what they know like how could would you recommend to someone that they hold themselves off or they pace themselves before trying to achieve that
1: i would i think i would look um I personally like looking day to day or I like looking week to week um rather than months ahead and trying for this big end goal like one you want to make sure that you can um got enough energy in the day, you're sleeping well, um, trying to tick off those little things that mm. you're eating protein and vegetables at every meal, um, That, I mean, maybe you'll have milk supply, maybe you won't, but that's another good indication of how well you're fueling your body, it can be anyway, um, I would start ticking off those controllables rather than trying to focus on this external outcome that actually you don't have any control over as a whole picture. I mean, you can do all the little steps towards it, um, but just aiming for this end, and essentially aesthetic goal. And I would be, again, be lying if I didn't say that I wanted um, that for myself Hmm. to kind of regain the body that I knew. But at the same time, um, I knew that there was a lot of other things going on, you know, tendon strength, muscle gain, all those things you can't, they almost work as an antagonist to...
0: Mm-hmm. Um, being in a calorie deficit. And so have you found mum's strength yet? that they, they talk about?
1: <laughs> Mentally, 100%. I mean, there's nothing more painful than giving birth, honestly. Any workout where I am, you know, in that in dark, dark locker. place, I'm like, oh, you can do anything. Like, <laughs> So
0: do you actually genuinely get into a dark workout and think... That you have been through much worse before
1: yeah 100% I think you have endured way worse pain than this and this is going to be over in about 4 minutes
0: and that is where mum strength comes from everyone (laughs) I've always wondered about that Um, and so yeah talking about your mindset and so you say that there's this mental shift that you can handle, you've got a higher pain threshold Um, there's all the external factors like obviously sleep gets um, deprived most likely for a lot of mums out there we know that uh, mood and your central nervous system is regulated by sleep. Um, how do you manage the mindset side of things when you are in the initial stages of frustration and wanting to train but you're sleep deprived and keep, like you, you've just returned back to work as well? Talk to me a bit about just the shifts for you.
1: Yeah, I think there's a few parts to this. Um, One for me is sitting down and quickly jotting down the controllables in my life. Sleep is not one of them if you've got a child that doesn't sleep. Like, you you can't change that to a certain degree. Um, So if that's one of your uncontrollables, then thinking about the other things that you can do um, to nurture your body, to kind of work towards that, whatever the goal is, to be able to exercise that Mm. day, um, for example. So, yeah, I like to figure out what my controllables are basically so I'm not stressing about unnecessary mm. stuff and putting a mental, um, big mental load on myself. Yeah. Um, in terms of returning to work and trying to exercise, etc. I mean, you just, you have to prioritize your time better. Mm. For me, that's getting into class. That's where if I don't want to train, I'm not someone that can train by myself. I mm-hmm. just can't do it. Um, so getting into class, all I have to do is get myself to class and then the wheels are in motion. The yeah. rest comes from the people that are there. Um, so that's how I get my training in and make sure that I'm getting that done. Um, yeah, and then the rest is a bit of organisation.
0: A lot of organisation yeah. with of things. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Tegan, full-time job, also owner of a gym, also mother, also elite athlete. And so <laughs> um, there's a few balls up in the air that are needed to be juggled. So, But it is a prime example um, that it can still be done. Um, with the the right frameworks, right support networks and the, the right organisation, it is still possible to manage all these things, which is really cool to see for you. And so leading into this uh, return to the elite competition floor, where's your head at?
1: Oh, To be honest, it's changed a lot in the last six to eight weeks. Initially mm-hmm. it was, um, let's just give the Open a crack, and then it was our scores are good enough to put a team through. Um, Let's again, give it a crack and see where we are. So I guess key theme there is no expectation. Um, And now we've made it. And I mean, we're three parents and someone that hasn't been to the, um, to regionals before. So again, we're going with no expectation. Mm. We're doing as much as we can within the week, trying not to put um, too much pressure on ourselves. But I I mean, I think we have a good team, so we do have some goals. Um, but we're not going to be absolutely gutted and heartbroken if we mm. don't achieve them. like it's kind of just the icing on the cake now. We're yep. really happy with where we are and how far we've come, um, and we're just going for a great experience and to enjoy the time over there because who knows if there's a second child between now and regionals next year? like I don't know if my body will handle high intensity, any further than that, or the demands of having two children, I don't know if that works either.
0: (laughs) That's it, you never know when you're going to be able to get back onto the competition floor, nothing's guaranteed in sport. Um, Tegan, thank you very much for uh, jumping on and just sharing your experience, Um, and just for the listeners out there, um, if they are struggling or want to learn more about postpartum, um, about training during pregnancy, who? Where can they go? Who can they talk to? Do you help people? Like, what's what's the best uh, path for them?
1: I would say, if you are postpartum, um, have you seen a pelvic floor physio? I mm-hmm. think that is invaluable for any um, newly, not even newly postpartum. You're always postpartum if you've had mm-hmm. a child. It's never too late to go um, see a pelvic floor mm-hmm. physio. So that would be my first port of call. Um, it is, it isn't free, unfortunately. So, but it is well worth the investment. Um, I would say if you can, reach out to a pelvic floor physio. Um, if you are just looking for some online resources, go to Brianna Battles or Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. There's some great um, free resources there that you can download. Um, I personally, with my workload at the moment, are not mm. um, taking on any clients, but that is definitely something coming in the second half of the year. So
0: Cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. everyone's keep posted that is planning <laughs> on having a baby in the second half of the year <laughs> thank you very much tegan and i'll catch you later thanks for having me if you're ready to become a renegade reach out to us at renegadeperformance.co.nz and start a free 14-day trial to see how we can help you break through your plateaus